The wait is over. The Shy returns with new episodes on Paramount+. Plus. What brings you to the Shy? Opportunity. Everybody get down! Walk right up to the A new rain is coming to the South Side. Never should have sent a boy to do a woman's job. The Shy. New episodes May 10th. Visit ParamountPlus.com slash The Shy to get a 50% discount off the Paramount Plus with Showtime annual plan. Offer ends July 14th. Subscription auto-renews. Restrictions apply. Paramount Plus and the National Park Foundation present A Mountain of Zen. This Earth Week, you can live stream seven national parks for seven days on Paramount Plus. Paramount Plus, official streaming partner of the National Park Foundation. Welcome into another edition of the Gigum 24 7 Sports Podcast. I am Andrew Hattersley, joined by Carter Carls, uh, a little bit of an SEC baseball edition of the podcast today. Uh, Going to talk some football as well. Uh, got some some all SEC teams starting to come out and some some interesting selections on those. So we're going to talk about that. Carter, how's how you doing? Good man, doing great. Hanging in there. This is obviously a busy week with the. Uh, the SEC tournament going on, we were talking about this before we went on the show, that it feels like, you know, it's just game after game after game these these days, depending on how long you advance. And and we got to give a quick shout out as well to the uh, Texas A&M women's golf team. Um, made it all the way to the NCAA tournament semifinals. Um, kind of ran out of gas there, but, you know, another really strong season there. And, and congratulations to them on, on reaching that point, knocking out Texas in, in the first round of the match play um that'll always that was there was some fun banter i know you had so you had you had a little fun on twitter with that it's it's the the two sides were kind of going at it they they've they've met in a couple different postseason settings the last few weeks yeah um i love it the text texas like kind of took a shot at a and m uh what it it was like your actions have consequences or something and then a&m's women's golf team put out like Oh, your actions have consequences, or something, something like that. So it was, it was a funny shot, and it's it really is crazy how many postseasons uh, formats yeah. these t- two teams have met. Baseball last year, obviously, women's soccer, yeah. uh, and then they were really close in men's basketball. A and M just had to beat Penn State, and they would have played. And then softball, and now women's golf, and. You just you get this sense that like these tournament committees, they just salivate at the mouth at, at the opportunity yeah. to, to match them up. And that's why, you know, you, you look at D1 baseball's projections earlier this week and what's the projection? Oh, AM as a three seed in the Austin Regional. I'm like, oh of course, you know, of course. We so go. uh we'll we'll <laughs> see if that plays out, but what would be uh would be a fun one. No doubt, you know, they they're kind of following the trend and, and thinking we know which which direction this is going. Speaking of that AM baseball squad, we were kind of debating on what day we were gonna kind of do this podcast because obviously AM and Tennessee were playing in a single elimination game on Tuesday and kind of thought, well, let's see how they do in that one and 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 go from there. And we have a lot to talk about after that game. And a, and a lot of it is due to the performance of Troy Wansing and what he was able to do goes Eight innings for AM, allows one hit, strikes out seven in a victory over Tennessee. AM limited a pretty good offensive lineup in, in Tennessee to one hit, 
Um, and just a really, really impressive all-around performance. And for me, and I think kind of looking at the projections, kind of solidifies probably their spot in the field, barring anything totally crazy happening. But they also get their way into double elimination now. Just watching that, what was we've obviously kind of seen Wansing have some struggles over the course of this the season. What'd you take away from that start when what was working for him? Man, uh, obviously the best of his career so far. And, you know, going in that game, I, I think, you know, what he showed last year at Purdue and, and why they got him, they, they always thought he had the talent, but I think he just got in his head too much this year and really struggled with his command. I mean, he really was a walk machine. There'd be innings where, He'd walk three batters in a row. I think he had like 30 or so walks on the season going into the game. Uh, had zero walks. Uh, and, and you know, there were points where, like, his strike percentage were, you know, out of, was out of this world. It wasn't like he was, you know, getting a ton of ground balls on, you know, 3-1 counts. Like, he was throwing a lot of strikes. And, and I think he ended up with, like, seven strikeouts. Uh, but going into this game, they desperately needed him to go at least like four innings, you know, with this pitching staff before that game, they had only gone six plus innings five times all year. It has been a real struggle for these starters and going in this game coming off the weekend, this was the one game where they were going to have to figure it out. There's a one game, you know, today against Arkansas, they'll be able to have Nathan Detmer. Then, you know, you can bring after that, you can bring Justin Lampkin back. You know, you can bring back some of your other guys in that starting rotation. But yesterday they had to kind of figure it out, patch together those nine innings. And yep. they, they still had guys like Evan Ashenbeck available. I don't know if Will Johnson would have been available, but like it definitely was not, it, it was a limited options uh out of the the bullpen and and the starting group so they were hoping to just kind of figure it out you know i didn't think they went into that game thinking oh it's watson going eight innings or even five or six innings i think they're like okay you can give us like four and then we get two from this guy two from that guy one from that guy like i think it was honestly that kind of thing so for him to go to eight innings and then it was timed perfectly with the rain delay Yep. Because, you know, Schlossnagel said after the game, he was like, we were definitely taking him out at the end of the, the eighth. And, and then obviously in the top of the ninth, one out with the rain delay. Had that happened in like the fifth or sixth inning, it would have really screwed AM because yeah. it would have obviously knocked off, you know, Troy from his like kind of momentum. But then it's like, you can't just for two hours sit there and then throw again. So, like, yep. To me, it was a perfect storm, pun intended, for for AM. Uh, we also got to talk about Chase Lavalette. I mean, yep, that was he's going to be next. He's just been he's just been on a tear lately. Hit another home run on Tuesday in a in a day where you know it, it wasn't that easy to hit. There was obviously a rain coming down the entire game kind of a lighter rain and then it obviously got heavier uh towards the end but i mean that was just a missile out of there and uh 
you know, what he did in the Mississippi State Series, he kind of talked about it. He's got more and more comfortable as this this um, this SEC season's gone along. He's had the – I think he talked in the post-game press conference about some conversations that he had with Jack Moss and um, some of the advice that he's given them. And, you know, he's just provided such a boost to this lineup. You were kind of waiting for, you know, guys to – to kind of wake up and 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 provide a middle of the order bat and and he's definitely done that. To your point, I think I think yeah, you kind of we're gonna ride Wansing as long as you possibly could to to you know could he get through seven? Okay, now he's got through seven was super efficient. Could he get through eight? And you know really puts this pitching staff in it as okay spot as you can be going forward. Obviously, this is this is a tournament that can really tax your pitching staff in a hurry, and so. For him to be able to do that in game one, set the pitching up nicely and heading into the, you know, as long as they're going to be around in Hoover. And it was just a clutch, clutch performance. But but Jay Slavalette, I mean, what he's been able to do, uh, you know, this to me feels like a different AM team than than the ones that played early in the year with a guy like Lavalette. Obviously, you got, you know, they kind of asked Jim Slosnagel about, you know, some of the differences. And he was and he said, Well, we got Brett Minish back as well. So you know, where do you kind of think this lineup kind of sits now with the way Lavalette's been playing lately? So you, you asked me a couple months ago, uh, I'd be so down on this team. I mean, really in yep. March, especially during the NCAA tournament run and, and, and or the, you know, the, the run that the basketball team was on in the SEC and spring football, it was like, geez, this baseball team, they're, they're not giving anyone – yeah. reason to to kind of pay attention to them and you know I, I'd go to some of these games and and obviously watch all the games and it, it was just like gosh this pitching is disgusting <laughs> you know this yeah. starting pitching none of these guys can go five innings six innings on a consistent basis it's you know they're getting hammered in the first and second inning almost every game and they're having to come back from behind you know 6-0 a lot of times the hitting started to pick up, and once they brought back Minnick, once Werner got healthy, and then once Jace LaViolette came on, that was like a, a trio that really sparked it for AM because they, Jack Moss, outside of like maybe the first couple weeks of the season, he's been amazing and, and back to you know, what he was last year. Hunter Haas has been amazing and, you know, probably got snubbed. Uh, for all SEC, but those two guys have been kind of your steady guys, but that middle of the lineup, they had so much struggle with Austin Bobes and Ryan Targotch and Brent Minnick not being in the lineup and Trevor Warner not being in the lineup. And then Jason LaViolette even, there were times kind of early in the season where he had this little freshman slump. And, you know, I remember going to the Portland game where he had his walk-off hit. I think he was in like an 0-17 stretch. Yeah. And, you know, he's kind of talked about how, like, at the beginning, he took baseball way too seriously. And he's kind of – it's been kind of funny to hear him. He's like, hey, um, no one died. Like, no one uh, – you know, your family's good. Your friends are good. Like, just because you struck out doesn't mean that you need to like go in this deep depression and like be really down on yourself. And I think that was the problem from the beginning. Learning from a guy like Jack Moss helped him understand that like, Hey, it's baseball. And 
my cho- my tone on this team has really changed because um, the pitching has always been suspect. If they get if they lose in the postseason, it'll be because of their pitching. But yep. like their hitting is starting to get to where it was a, l- a little bit last year, where like Jace Laviolette is he's not a freshman anymore. He almost is like this veteran, like draft pick that's on your team. Uh, right. He's almost your Dylan rock from last year at this point with the way he's playing. And then you've got two other guys you feel amazing about. And then Warner and Minnick uh, are obviously uh, fantastic players. So um feel great about them. I think they're getting some bullpen arms that they trust. Like Evan Ashenbeck has been, pretty reliable for most of the season. Brandon Garcia, I think that's a guy that Schloss has really trusted recently. Um, Will Johnson is a guy who can start for you. He can relieve for you. They have a few arms in there that they're, they're, they can kind of trust. Starting-wise, I think it might just be in the postseason who's hot, right? I mean, yep. they've, they've got a lot of – of options there. They've got a lot of guys who have made starts this season. So that could benefit them if they have to pull a guy's leash, uh, you know, early on. But uh, I think today will be informative seeing how Detmer does. This could be his last start before the postseason. He'll be their Friday guy. He'll be their number one guy in the postseason. So you'd like to gain some confidence with him as well. And you have him and Watson rolling before uh, the postseason, and even Lampkin as well, after what he showed last weekend, um, I think you can feel a lot better about this team. And again, just night and day from what it was in March. Kind of has a, like, not saying that a and going to, you know, make a run to the College World Series and all that, but it kind of makes, it kind of has a little bit of the feeling about last year where the pitching staff was kind of put together and, and, and cobbled together and just kind of hoping for good starts from, you know, Micah Dallas and Nathan Detmer and down the stretch of last year too. It, was, it wasn't it was like, you know, there was a dependable Friday guy last year either. And it's kind of got that feeling as well. If you can just get just enough, like they – I think Jim Schlossnagel's talked about it. If you can just get get a Friday – get a – get a you know guy to five innings or get a guy some into the sixth inning at times you can start to bring guys that have length you know wanting is you know is pitched out of the bullpen now has that experience obviously doing that in the mississippi state series you know can he come out of the bullpen and help you can will johnson obviously like you mentioned has experience it's going to be an interesting team to watch and we'll see how long you know the run the difficult draw obviously in in the SEC tournament bracket, um, and then you kind of see just what happens in a regional. They're they're gonna you know find out probably they're gonna obviously find out Monday where they're going and and what's going on there. But they're you know it's 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 a team that's just gonna it's gonna go as far as the offense probably takes them, and they're just gonna need just enough pitching to to get there. So gonna be an interesting kind of couple of days to see how this this kind of all turns out, and and we'll certainly be. Be here next week to kind of look ahead to the draw and, and uh, where things go for them. We're going to switch gears after a quick break and, and talk a little football. As I mentioned, the a couple SEC, all SEC teams came out, some interesting selections, and we're going to talk a little more about that. So stay tuned. We'll be right back after a quick break. 
Baseball has begun, which means you need to listen to Fantasy Baseball Today in 5, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network. Join Scott White, Chris Towers, and me, Frank Samphill, every Monday through Saturday as we deliver all of your fantasy baseball needs in just five minutes. We'll break down the biggest performers, news, and prospects who could make an impact this season. Make sure to download and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Odyssey app, and everywhere else podcasts are found. Welcome back into the Gig'em 24-7 Sports Podcast. I am Andrew Hattersley, joined by Carter Carls. Going to talk a little football. Athlon uh, released earlier this week. They're all SEC teams, and A&M was actually pretty well represented on them on um, on both the offensive and defensive side of the ball. Um, Evan Stewart and Anaya Smith uh, got first-team offense. Recognition, Damani Richardson, first team defense, McKinley Jackson, second team defense, Nick Constantino, second team specialist, Bryce Foster, third team offense, Layden Robinson, fourth team offense. We have a fourth team for the Athlon and uh and Shamar <laughs> Turner, fourth team defense. Now there was a name missing from there that I think everybody kind of immediately noticed. Uh Moose Muhammad. Uh I thought it was interesting that he wasn't on there. And you know, going back through the statistics. You know, obviously, it kind of came on the latter portion of last year. Were you were you surprised he wasn't on there? And what what'd you kind of make of that? Yeah, the last five or six games, he was the most productive receiver on A and M. I, I don't still don't think he's the best receiver. I think that's Evan Stewart. I think yep. he deservedly got a first team offense uh, honor there. And I Smith, though, it, you know. Getting first team, I think that was more of a reputation kind of uh, yeah. recognition. It was more of a, hey, we know your name a little bit more, and you've been around longer, yeah. and you had a couple great seasons, and yeah, we're just, we're just going to give it to you there. But uh, Moose is the better player and will likely start over Anias. Um, now, you know how I've been talking about, hey, I don't know about – them both like Anias just being a backup. Uh, now right. that kind of since I've said that has changed, uh, I've kind of changed my tone there because you know, when you hear that Noah Thomas has been the best player on the whole offense this spring, you're kind of like, okay, I yeah, all right, probably Noah Thomas and Moose then. Uh, but Anias is someone who I mean, Jimbo's talked all year about him being used as Debo Samuel this year and playing running back, playing receiver. I think they'll move him around, get him his snaps. But Moose will be the guy who will probably out-snap him and out-produce him. So, yeah, that was surprising. Maybe even more surprising, though. Uh, nah, maybe not more surprising, but it was still surprising was the Walter Nolan omission yeah. just because, I mean, guys, he was the number one recruit in this crazy class, and he's going to start next year. And he was amazing in the spring and he played a lot as a true freshman. So, you know, that didn't make a whole lot of sense to me. He could be a better player than McKinley Jackson this year, who was on the list. Um, you know, yeah, I was laughing at the, the fourth team. A couple other guys, though, that I was <laughs> thinking about, um, you know, I don't know if they can be all SEC. Maybe they're honorable mention. Maybe they're third team yeah. all SEC. But Tony Grimes and Tyreek Chappelle, 
You know, this has been a pretty good secondary the last couple of years. Grimes was an, a second-team All-ACC guy two years ago, uh, 2021 season. And Chappelle's always been a pretty good corner. Uh, he just hasn't been All-ACC level. So him stepping up as that guy with, with Jones out uh, and, and in the NFL now, can he kind of assume that role as the number one corner and kind of get that recognition? Um, and then obviously there's like all freshman honors that we'll be looking out for. Ruben Owens will, will probably be a guy that could get, you know, all freshman honors eventually. But uh, yeah, and Ruben Father, probably another guy I'll mention just if he, if he kind of rebounds from last year, makes that next step, he could be someone that could be an all SEC guy in my mind. No doubt. Yeah. Tariq Chappell was one kind of when it, when he wasn't mentioned, I kind of went through the, the list of statistics and look, there's a lot of really good DBs in the SEC. Let's, that's, that's one fact that, that has to be noted. And, you know, that's a tough list to crack, but he was, you know, tied for 21st last season and passes defended 10th in top 10 and passes broken up. Um, so, you know, right in probably right in that group that, that you could see him if he is, if he is a guy that takes over, um, you know, as obviously that number one corner and, and could be a guy that I think ends up on a lot of postseason lists, but what isn't necessarily getting that buzz now, now going through the moose statistics. Yeah. It, I certainly kind of felt like he deserved to be on there. He was ranked 11th in the SEC last season, averaging 61 yards per game, 10th in yards per per reception. Um, obviously, some of his big games had eight receptions for 112 yards in TD against Ole Miss, six receptions for 119 yards in a TD against Mississippi State, and five receptions for 94 yards and a score against LSU. So obviously kind of showed some of that that big play potential, and if and if he's producing that on – on a more consistent basis this year, he'll feel find his way onto those lists kind of at the end of the year. But no doubt, I think the, the potential is certainly there. And, you know, look at some other guys, I think some other guys that could, could potentially get recognition is, is Edron Cooper. He's another guy that mm-hmm. if he can kind of put it all together as, as you know, heading into this year, he could be a guy that I think could, could kind of work his way onto the list and, um, you know, Cam Dubury had his moments as well last year. So I think there's a lot of guys. I I think what'd you make of how many guys? Because obviously coming off a five and seven year, it probably would have been understandable if AM had 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 one or two guys on there, two or three guys on there, and uh, you know, gone in completely under the radar. What do you think about how many guys they had on there? Is it just a recognition of the talent that your talent they have or well, you have four teams. <laughs> There's a lot of yeah, guys. Yeah, that's true. But uh, yeah, I, I think I think anyone talking about this team nationally understands this team's got a lot of talent. Um, I think there are differing views on just how talented they are. Some people think they've got top five talent. Some people think it's a little bit overrated. Uh, but I think n- no one doubts the fact that they at least are like top fifteen, top ten. Right. Uh, in that range of, of talent. And when you have that, that amount, I mean, it's just, it's hard to not have guys in there, but uh, yeah, I, I think like a guy like Evan Stewart's been someone, I think this receivers, these, this receiver group is definitely sold short going back to the moose thing. 
because like I've been seeing all these preseason lists and Stewart's not mentioned anywhere. It's like, oh, here are your top 10 receivers in college football. Here are your top 20 receivers in college football. It's like people don't even under, like know that Evan Stewart still plays, you know? And I'm like, yeah. guys, did y'all watch the Alabama game last year? It's a did freshman, you, like, too. Did y'all watch what this guy can freaking do? Yeah, and so um, I, I just see him taking that huge leap this year and being a top 10 receiver in college football. I really think he's that talented. And then Moose obviously uh, is a guy that I think can be a middle round draft pick for A&M, uh, depending on how this season goes. So you'd like to think that he could be a second team, third team All-SEC guy. Noah Thomas, he's a little bit of the wild card where and Anaya Smith too, but no, Thomas, it's like we hear about it, but, you know, we'll see. Like uh, we've heard Jimbo hype up guys before that have not done anything or hyped up a guy, and then it's like a year later they 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 come on. So um, no, Thomas, a little bit in wait and see mode, but, but definitely feel optimistic about him. But just overall, when you think about that as your top four, I, I just can't help but think, man, this how many receiving cores in the country are better than this top four? Yeah, to me that they're, they're. Can you name me seven? Like I, I just can't. Like to me, I think it's way up there as far as uh, among the best. Uh, D line as well was well represented on this group with with McKinley Jackson, Shamar Turner. But there's other guys I think that will crack that. As we mentioned, Walter Nolan I think can be you know that second team All SEC kind of player. Really think he could be a dominant player this year. Uh, especially the next year, 2024. So, yeah, those are the two groups. When we talk about the strength of this team, receiver and D-line, and to me, you just have to think that there's going to be, like, at least two all-SEC players in both groups. And you, mean, you mentioned the defensive line. You could go down that list and pick – three, four other guys, and it wouldn't be a bad, you know, Shamar Stewart. Could You could make an argument for him. You could make an argument, Gabriel Brown Dindy's a former five-star. You know, what if he comes in, right? Is You know, he was obviously injured last year, and so what if he can come in and, and kind of immediately contribute? And then Fidel Diggs is another one. Like, there's there's guys on that list right below, right, that that you could add and say these these need, they've just got to put it to get all together. And that's kind of been the storyline with A&M going back the last couple of years they're immensely talented can can everything in the recipe kind of taste good and and come out all right because if it can this is a really good team and and that's kind of the question this year you mentioned i was just curious because you mentioned the you know about the argument about evan stewart being a top 10 receiver in the league he ranked eighth in the country last year in yards per game average yards per game as a as receiver so he's kind of already right in that group but you're right. He doesn't really get the mention of being. No one talks about top, him. Nobody, nobody talks about him, and he doesn't yeah. get the, the the buzz. But as a freshman, ranked eighth in the SEC last season in yards per game, as a you know in 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 receiving, and so you know some of those guys are now gone off to the NFL. Obviously, Jalen Hyatt's one that that obviously. Oh, and I had a lot of buzz. Jonathan Mingo is the guy that's off to the yes. Oh, is off to the NFL, and so, you know, I think you're right there. I think you're right that that Evan Stewart's a guy that could be playing his way into the top ten in 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 the country and SEC, and might already be kind of be there. Yeah, 
Yeah, yeah. And I'm reiterating, I'm it's not SEC, it's top ten in the country. Top ten in the country, yeah. Yeah. I man, I think the the world of what he could do. And now he's finally got a quarterback that can throw him the ball. I mean, he was doing this with a the the corpse of Haynes King last year against Alabama. You know, they, like he, his quarterback play with all the injuries. Like you think about the Alabama game with the Haynes King being hurt. Like he was still able to. Like I just think of that that play on that final drive where he high points the ball. Yeah, I'm just like you know how many receivers can make those kind of plays and call football consistently and yeah I, he's top ten for me and um it, it I bet you it'll take only a couple games because of his notoriety it's like people know him they just aren't thinking about him but he'll make people yeah. think about him soon it'll it'll take one or two games and then everyone will say okay yeah I remember this guy. Yeah. Okay. We'll put this guy. This guy was the. He's he's starting to live up to that. And you know, Bobby Petrino's offense. How he's going to be featured in that? I think. I think he's going to obviously be a focal point, and and I think he's going to have a big big year. So, um, you know, that's 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 kind of a look at the Athlon. Get ready to see a whole lot more projections and lists. We're kind of into that point of the se- in the year now. Spring ball's done. Summer's coming around. Going to be a lot more lists, kind of projecting all SEC guys and, and things like that. So um, we'll certainly keep an eye on it. And we'll see if Moose Moose ends up getting a little bit more recognition as more lists start to come out. So thanks as always for joining us, everybody. And uh, be sure to hit that like and share button um, and, and subscribe to us on Apple iTunes and Spotify to get a notification every time a new, po- a new podcast drops. And um, otherwise we will see you guys next week and, and have plenty more. So have a good week, everybody.